I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Field is ready. They're racing in the Oaks. Welcome back to Ladies Who Punt. We are the podcast that aims to decode the sport of horse racing one topic at a time. My name is Fiona Blair and with me today is my lovely co-host Grace Ramage. Hi Grace. Hi Fee and hello everybody listening into another episode of Ladies Who Punt. Each and every week we are now getting a little bit closer to the heart of the spring carnival. Uh, the weather is actually starting to warm up a little bit as well in the afternoons, which has been lovely. And we've got another really good race day feed this Saturday. So Rupert Clark Stakes Day at Caulfield. And the feature race is a fascinating contest. We'll get to it in a moment. We're going to preview it and try and work out who the winner might be of the race. But it's such an interesting concept the way that the field has unfolded no spoilers we'll get to it in a moment's time but it's really interesting and a great pointer to what we might see for the rest of the spring carnival in some feature races yeah but before we get into that grace let's take a look back at last week where we had our multi bets each Mm -hmm. neither of us managed to land but um i have to say i was screaming pretty loudly at the television uh, as i watched alligator blood come down the straight that Flemington Strait is just a little bit too long some days. Oh my goodness. I watched it live at Flemington. This is the Maccabi Diva Stakes, the feature race last Saturday. And there was about 200 metres to go. And I said, well, Alligator Blood's home here. Like, absolutely nothing can run him down. But you're right. I'm Thunderstruck was just really sort of taking his time to get into top gear and once he got into top gear he just got his nose down at the line it was one of the most exciting finishes to a group one race like the crowd was just buzzing it was so cool (laughs) and the call Matt Hill's race call was fantastic as well so that was a real delight to be able to watch that but unfortunately in terms of your multi-bet you were on the wrong end of that call (laughs) out in the first leg not good oh dear um but you've taken a look at the whole race card grace and you have a few that we might be able to put in our black books in the coming weeks yeah i have fee and there's one race in particular that i think is an interesting case study because in previous episodes we've actually talked a lot about race shape and where in certain races that are run in a particular way it means that some horse look a lot worse than they actually did perform and we've got one of those examples last Saturday at Flemington it was race four on the program which was a 1400 meter listed handicap and why I think that it's a really interesting race to follow going forward is that the winner Scalapini he's hard fit we've spoken a little bit about him over the last few months in episodes he was on speed he led up on this occasion at Flemington and he went such a slow tempo that it meant that those horses that settled midfield or towards the rear of the field just had no physical chance of being able to out sprint Scalapini and those horses on speed like when you're giving them such a big head start and they're not even going hard you just physically cannot get there that's what we saw in this race and that what that means for me is that the performances of some of those 
you know, that finished midfield is actually a lot better than it might visually look. Obviously, Fee Pinstriped, who ran second in this race, was a huge run and it was very eye-catching. Like, I'm mm. no Einstein picking up that he's one to follow, but he definitely is. The sneaky one that I want to follow out of this race is a horse called Media Award. She finished 10th of 12 in this race. She was beaten 5.7 lengths. But she is a Group 1 winner of the Oaks in South Australia as a three-year-old over 2,000 metres, and this was her first up run over 1,400 metres. So I didn't expect too much from her. But her last 200 metres of this race actually was the fourth best of the whole day. So she really got going that last 200 metres. And to me, that's an encouraging performance to suggest that once she steps over more ground and, you know, maybe back to Mare's company, she will be in for a good preparation. So you probably find that she goes around at a big price next start because she, on paper, was pretty disappointing in this race. But in reality, um, the race just was not run to suit her. And I think she did more than enough to suggest that she is one to add into our black books for the remainder of the spring carnival very good grace so that was media award and pinstripe that we're going to put in our book so keep an eye out for those horses in the coming weeks well let's get into our race card at caulfield this weekend we are going to be looking at race seven the group one sir rupert clark stakes over 1400 meters we're also going to be looking at race four the caulfield guineas prelude for colts and galdines a group three and race five, the thousand guineas prelude for the Phillies, uh, a group two. So let's get into it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right, race seven, our feature race. That's where we're going to start today, Grace. Mm -hmm. So it looks like we're going to be running on a soft track on Saturday. There's been a bit of rain in Victoria this week, so that could play into things a little bit. But the first thing that jumped out at me, Grace, with this race when I looked to do my form was that our favourite in the race at $3.90 is the second emergency, I wish I win. And he opened favourite. How is an emergency opening as the favorite grace i'm so confused well this does happen from time to time fee and firstly just to point out to everybody that i wish i win has been the favorite for this race in all in markets futures betting like if you had have gone for the last few weeks to the futures market on your sports bet app for example you would have seen that he was the favorite for this group group one feature for the past few weeks ever since he won his first start here in australia going back a few weeks 
Now, the problem is, Fee, is that this race is a group one handicap. And as I've spoken a little bit about briefly in previous episodes, when when we're talking about big feature group one handicaps, there is a, a really big push to get into these races. And it's a real art for the trainers and for the connections to be able to get their horse into the race, but also try to be on as light a weight possible to give themselves a winning chance. So what's happened here is we've got the horse called I Wish I Win, who's come over from New Zealand. He's He's now with Peter Moody and he won his first Australian start, which was an open handicap. And that was a really big win. And that took his rating to 98. Now, we know that in handicap races at group one level, we've got our weights purely dictated to buy a horse's rating as opposed to weight for age when it is purely dictated by a horse's age. So here we've got I Wish I Win with a handicap rating of 98. Now, that generally is a high enough rating for a horse to take its place, usually in the Sir Rupert Clark Stakes. Obviously, every year it is different, and it all depends on how many horses with you know, high ratings want to run in a race. Normally, Peter Moody would have been confident that I wish I win with a rating of 98 would secure him a start in the Sir Rupert Clark Stakes with a light weight. Unfortunately, this was not the year that that was going to be happening because what we have seen is a huge push from so many different trainers and connections with their horses to run in this particular race and all of them with a higher rating than him. So what that means is that they get preference to run in this race because they're rated higher and they will be given a higher weight and he gets pushed down the order of entry. So it's been one of those things that you you might have heard in commentary on racing.com for example or on twitter in the racing twitter land that people are absolutely blowing up that i wish i win isn't in the race because Mm. he deserves to be in it but it's just the luck of the draw and that's why it's such a it's a great example of what we might see and what you now understand for the caulfield cup and also the melbourne cup is that it really is a big juggling act for people to try and get their horses into the race but also with a winning weight so now this is a great example of what can happen if it doesn't go to plan Um, and if he does sneak his way into the field because there are two scratchings in the next few days which might happen then um, they'll be extremely lucky if not they'll be annoyed that it didn't work out as they hoped yeah there's certainly a lot of high rated horses in this race 14 horses rated at 100 or above so very unlucky for I wish I win and the other horses are who are also on the emergency list this year with similar ratings that so many high-rated horses have have come to this race mm-hmm. um, and it is it's seen it's very tactical for stables to yeah. to manage their weight and their ratings in these handicap races and unfortunately at the moment it's looking like that the tactics haven't gone Peter Moody's way with I wish I win so let's assume that I wish I win isn't going to get a run grace so what is that going to do to the market on race day well it's a really important point because what it will do is if we take I wish I win out of this market it means that the price of every other horse in the race is going to dramatically diminish. So I suppose it's like a little bit of a word of warning. We can't just go piling into something at the moment thinking, great, $9 is an amazing price for showmanship because if I wish I win doesn't get a start, showmanship will open a lot shorter, like half his current price. So um, it's one of those ones that makes it really hard to bet into a race like this because you just don't know what the market's going to do. If I wish I win stays in the race, 
the market will pretty much be as it is now. But if he is eliminated on race morning because of um, the fact that he hasn't gained a start, then yeah, the, the market will be turned on its head and you'll see every horse's price slashed. So does that mean there's benefit to bid on these horses now where their prices are higher compared to on race day? In theory, yes, it sounds like it would. But unfortunately, there's this thing called deductions in the world of betting. And what that means is if you take the $10 about a horse and the favorite comes out, you will be subject to deductions of a certain cents in the dollar, which might be 40 cents in the dollar. So instead of taking the $10, you're instead realistically taking $6. So there's no way, unfortunately, to cheat around the system once fields have come out. That's that's the key. That's where d- deductions come into play. And we'll see that big time on Saturday if I Wish I Win doesn't get a start. So it sounds like the market for race seven is a little bit volatile at the moment. It really Not sure is. what's going to happen. No idea what's going to happen. That's the problem. And it is a real shame because it's a... It's a very competitive betting race, but I can imagine that lots of people are just sort of sitting back and waiting to see what happens on race morning. Okay, Grace, let's get straight into who we will be looking to back on Saturday. I'll start today. I really struggled with this race. Obviously, the market's a bit all over the place with I wish I won the favourite. So I'm having a little bit of a throw at the stumps, it feels like to me, this race, race seven. I'm going to go with Acer. I backed him last minute, uh, last start where he won after two years of not being in the winner's circle. (laughs) And I did that against like a rule I have for myself, which I, which is I do not bet on Lindsay Park horses. I feel like I jinx them. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I never really bet on them. I'm too scared. And and I decided to break this rule for Acer at the last minute thinking he looked like the winner on paper. Yep. And I was going to kick myself if I'd thought that all week and not put a few dollars on him each way. Yep. And it paid off on the day. Mm-hmm. He he went really well. He won after, yeah, like I said, two years out of the winner's circle. And I'm going to break that rule again <laughs> this week for ASAR. Last year, he ran a pretty impressive fourth in this race. I think he exceeded expectations uh, when he went around this time last year. He's incredibly fit. He could not be in better order in terms of how he's presenting. Mm-hmm. And the Hayes boys have obviously found a way to get him back in form. And I'm hoping that win is just going to, you know, give Asar that little bit of a boost to get to the next level. I think the barrier suits him, so I think he has a nice chance of running a place here. So I'm going to go for a place bet. He's paying $9.50 to place at the moment, which I think is good value. But as you say, if I wish Owen comes out, that'll get slashed. Yeah, exactly. So you've got to factor that in. But still... At $9.50 the place, I mean, that's still a great price, even if even if the price does re- get reduced um, because of those deductions. And I agree with everything you're saying about ASAR. So, yes, he's been one of those horses that's been extremely hard to catch. But to be honest, Fee, when I did my form for this race, and I've been looking at this race um, for a little while now before – acceptances came out and thinking that it's going to be a really great contest we've got lots of high rated horses here big field lots of horses in form I can actually poke holes or you know I've got question marks over most of the horses in this race and when I actually went through it I thought you know bad barrier not ideal or why did it miss its last start it has that horse had a setback there's just 
a little bit of confusion from my end as well. Asar is genuinely one of the horses that I can't really knock, which is a weird thing to say <laughs> about that horse in terms of the fact he won his last start. Barrier nine is a good barrier for him because he'll go forward and he'll either sit on speed or he might lead or he might just sort of snag him behind. It's an out of trouble barrier when we're talking about a 20 horse field where four emergencies will come out, but we've still got horses that are going to be drawn 16 and who knows where they're going to get to in the run. So the draw is great for ASAR, 55 kilos in mm. this handicap is great for ASAR. So at $41 and $9.50 the place at the moment, um, I'm absolutely not talking about that. I think that's a great play. So the horses that I mentioned in terms of the ones that I like but might be able to poke a hole in, firstly being Ayrton. Nice horse, really exciting horse, was disappointing up in Queensland um, for his most recent preparation coming off an injury. He's had a break since then and he's now first up. He's good enough. But is he going as well as he possibly can? His trial was okay. His piece of work on Tuesday morning was okay. Question mark. Unknown. Don't know where he's at. He's $6.50 at the moment. I couldn't take that price. It's too short for me in this field, in a field of this size and um, of, I suppose, the competitiveness on that line. I, I just couldn't back Ayrton to win this race. I Am Superman is going really well um, and I love the fact that this horse has been fresh in five weeks because he goes really well fresh and it's a deliberate play for him to be five weeks between runs into this race, which is actually one of his spring targets. The stable have identified this as the race they most want to win. Mark Zara sticks in the saddle as he rode him last start in the PB Lawrence Stakes when he was a narrow second to Mr. Brightside, who is really good form. But barrier 19, <laughs> that's not good. That's not a good barrier at all. So again, I've got some sort of a question mark about where he gets to in the run and the fact that he might have a really tough run in transit. I wish I win is obviously a clear winning chance. His win, first ever start here in Australia for Peter Moody, was sensational. Broke the clock in terms of the sectional times that he ran, but he's the second emergency, so who knows if he even gains a start. Having said all of that, Fee, there's one horse that I really cannot fault, and for that reason, he is the one that is going to be my top pick in this race, and it is Showmanship, number 10. So Showmanship is trained by Danny O'Brien, and they've been trying to dodge wet tracks with this horse so he actually went up to Sydney for his first up run where he won that day in a group three contest and I just love the fact that first up he traveled up to Sydney he was still good enough in a slowly run race to really let rip his last 600 and come home in some very fast late sectionals really solid first up performance but to sort of be as versatile to be able to go up to Sydney and still get the job done come back I think that that's a great starting point for him for the rest of the campaign He's a horse that much earlier on in his career had a huge boom about him. He was on some enormous winning streak before he actually had an injury, which meant that he had quite a long time in the paddock and just sort of rehabilitation and coming back. I think he's now potentially back to his best. His first up win was huge. Damien Oliver in the saddle, barrier 10. I think he can just slot in midfield, not do too much work early and he might be the one that's in the perfect spot just forward of midfield with a run under his belt to be winning this race so ten dollars showmanship I'm going to place a win bet on showmanship like for me the way that I'm seeing this I'm 
as confident as I can be in any horse in this race in showmanship. So I'm going to place a win bet on that horse at $10. Now we're going to move on to the two guineas prelude races. Grace, can you explain what these races are all about? So we've got the Caulfield Guineas Prelude, race four, for the Colts and Geldings, and the Thousand Guineas Prelude for the Phillies, which is race five on the program. So both of these races are the key lead-up races Two, the Group 1 features for the three-year-olds over 1,600 metres, being the Caulfield Guineas and the 1,000 Guineas to be run in three weeks' time at Caulfield on huge Caulfield Guineas race day. Now, the Caulfield Guineas Group 1 race itself in three weeks um, is for Colts, Geldings and Phillies can run in that race if they want to. But you've also got the 1,000 Guineas on the same day where it's only fillies allowed to run in that race. So they're splitting up the gender of the horses, but they're all three-year-olds and they're all getting out to the 1,600 metres. So on Saturday, we see the key lead-ups for both of those. Interestingly, the fillies can't run in the Caulfield Guineas prelude here. And the other interesting thing to note is that the conditions of these two races on Saturday are set weights and penalties. So if you are a filly or a colt or a gelding that's won a group one, you're going to carry more weight than a horse, let's say, in the race that's still a maiden. However, in the actual group one features, the Caulfield Guineas and the Thousand Guineas, it's on set weights. So if a horse is carrying a penalty this Saturday, know that once it gets to the grand final, they go back to set weights and there will be no advantage or disadvantage to any horse. So they're little bits and pieces to keep in mind. And again, this is something that we see regularly through carnival times, these sort of lead up races to big features throughout the spring. Well, let's start with the first of the races. It's race four, the one for the Colts and Geldings, the Caulfield Guineas Prelude, 1400 metres, group three. So as we record, the favourite is number two aft cabin at $2.40. Then we have a second favourite, number one, Ossipinko at $3.90. And then our third favourite is number four, Meridius, who is at $9. So two horses that are a bit shorter in the market than everyone else, Grace. Yep. Where do you want to start with this one? Well... Interestingly, I have found one at a huge price in this race. And to be honest, I'm not thinking that I've gone sort of um, away from the, the general consensus here. I'm quite baffled at the fact that this horse is such a big price. I would have expected to have looked at the market and saw he was, you know, maybe a 5 or $6 chance, but instead he's $15. This horse is called Amenable. Now, if you go back and watch the replay of Amenable, he comes through the same last start as Meridius, who's at $9, and also Sir Bailey, who's at $31. This last start race was at the Valley over 1,200 metres and it was all three horses' first up runs. Um, Meridius, for me, is better suited to the 1,200 metres and also better suited to a circuit like Mooney Valley with the really short straight. Sir Bailey and Amenable are better suited at 1,400 metres and Caulfield with a longer straight. Amenable has only ever had one start prior to that run at the Valley, which was first up. And that start back last preparation was really good. It was raw and he was very green and he still had so much to learn, but he still won. And it signaled that he was a really good horse and a spring prospect, you know, on a guineas path um, going forward. Well, now we fast forward to the fact that we're in the Caulfield Guineas prelude. And he was good at the Valley. If you watch that replay, there was nothing wrong with his run. He was unlucky. Once he got clear with about 100 metres to go, he really hit the line strongly. 
And now he gets to 1,400 metres and he's $15. I just can't believe it. I think that Aft Cabin has got a great winning chance and he's been racing really well. There's You can't knock what he's been doing. But Aft Cabin's fit now. He's hard fit and Amenable's only second up. So I think that there might be more improvement. And just at the price, like Aft Cabin's $2.40 for Godolphin and Amenable's $15. I The more I talk about it, the more I'm convincing myself that he is a great <laughs> each-way bet for me. Amenable at $15 and $3.50, um, he's the way that I want to play this race. What about you, Fee? So again, same with race seven, I was struggling in this race. So I've had another little uh, throw at the stumps with this one. I'm not going to do a win bet like you. I'm going to go for something a little bit safer. Uh, I'm going to put a place bet on number 10, Berardino, who's currently 31 to win and $6 to place. On paper, I really liked a few things about this horse. One, he is dropping back in distance from his last start last week from 1500 meters to 1400 meters the other thing i really liked is that the blinkers are going on mm. so his last start at Sandown, he came from the back and had a big run home for third but he was a little bit soft to the line um so i'm glad that he's dropping back in distance he's backing up so he literally ran last saturday yep and that to me says that his trainers busted and young are happy with how he's pulled up which is encouraging i think the barrier suits him he sat at the back last start and flew home so you'll be able to do that again on Saturday and he's also down and down two kilos in weights so I just think there's a few things that are, are saying yep this horse is ready to run a better run than last start and and take a place. What I'll also say about Berardino um everything you said makes a lot of sense. You can even go one step further is when I do my form, what I'm noticing here is that if you take a look at the prices that he started in his two career runs, on debut, he started a $3 favorite. And then at his second start, which was only a week ago, he started a $4.20 second favorite. So what you're taking from that is that the market respects this horse. The market thinks on debut, this horse will win. And at his second start, this horse has got a great chance. And now the fact is that he's $31 in betting, you know, it's probably over the odds. So again, Fee, I think that that's um, pretty smart. You keep saying that you were struggling, but then you keep saying everything. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a great point. Why did I not think of that? So I think you might be right on the money with that one. We must be looking at different things, Grace. (laughs) (laughs) Not necessarily. That's the beauty, Fee, because the more you talk about it and the more that you compare notes, sort of. um, And that's what we've been advocating with our... Mm -hmm social club in case you haven't joined up yet on our social club we're all about comparing our thoughts with certain races and you know certain quaddy selections last week we all considered multis um so that's the thing the more you talk about it the more you see other perspectives and other opinions and you know you learn and you pick things up as you go definitely and it's it's great to see how people uh create a case for a horse definitely yeah Okay, so those are our two picks for race four. Grace is with Amenable, number seven, for a win bet. And I am with number 10, Berardino, for a place bet. So now let's move on to the Phillies. The 1,000 Guineas Prelude, same distance, 1,400 metres. This one's a group two, which I think is a bit of a boost for the breeding pages of these girls. Exactly. But same distance, and set weights and penalties as well. So our first horse, number one, She's Lickety Split, is also our favourite at the moment, $5.50. 
Then we have second in line in betting, number five, Boogie Dancer. And then third in line is Miss Hellfire, number six, at $8. Yeah. $5.50 the field. This race is a real head scratcher. <laughs> but she's lickety split. Let's start with her. She is a Kiwi fee and she's coming over here for her first Australian start. Prior to coming here, she had one first up run in New Zealand and that was a win at Group 3 level. And then Prior to that, she had another three starts last preparation of which she won two. So she's clearly got ability. And the fact that Andrew Forsman's bringing her over here to compete in some of the spring three-year-old fillies races obviously means she's got ability. This is a good example of where that set weights and penalties comes in. But because she was a last start group three winner, she carries the penalty, which is 59 kilos. And you'll see most of the field is there on 56 kilos. So if she's Ligeti Split gets beaten by only a narrow margin, you can rest assured that in the grand final, if that's the way that she goes, she'll be back on set weights and there'll be no weight advantage or disadvantage. So look, she's obviously got her fair share of ability and I definitely respect her, but I just don't know how good she is because we haven't seen her here. So it's really hard to weigh it up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, New Zealand racing isn't quite at the same level of racing as Australia. So it's hard to know what a group one win in New Zealand means Mm. here. And then she's had the travel and now she's kicking off in a group two. So you don't know how she's come over. Um, You're not sure how she's going to acclimatise. You know, um, it's a there's a lot of question marks around her, and yeah, I'm a little bit surprised that she is the favourite. Yeah, did you have any firm opinions in this race? Because I certainly did not. Not really. I sort of again had a look on paper and uh, have gone with Revolutionary Miss. I Same. <laughs> We're matching. Yay! Well, I just think she's a really good horse. I think she was really unlucky last start. That race was run so fast at the Valley. The field was strung along so much in the early stages. And I just, I think it was a bit of a forgive run. When I look back at her good wins last prep, you know, in the Blue Diamond Prelude and the Blue Diamond, she ran enormous. I think the weights are actually like in her favour this time so she's 58 kilos but she's only like two kilos heavier than horses that have a rating of like 60 yeah so it's sort of to her advantage almost that that she's in a set weights and penalties race yeah well that's exactly it and she's also now third up um and she's got the runs on the board as you say she was great at the valley last start i was really impressed by her last 200 this will be the first time that we ever see her past 1200 meters Mm. So that is a slight unknown. But having said that, what I liked about her is that in her two-year-old campaign through the Blue Diamond, of which she ran second in the feature race, the Blue Diamond itself, off really quite fast tempos, she was attacking the line. Like the last 200 metres was always really strong for her. And that's generally a good indication that a horse will get further. So if they're stepping from 1,200 to 14 and you see them hitting the line like a steam train, it generally means that they're going to be able to get a further distance. So I think that she'll tick that box. I just think that there's that class edge again that we've already spoken about. And at $10, she's a really good price once again. The other horse that I can make a case for is Boogie Dancer Mm. because she 
has got a lot of race fitness on her side. She loves soft tracks. So if we're on it, if we get to a heavy track, which I don't think we will, but if we do, she's probably the winner because she's a really good wet tracker. She's had the five starts for three wins this preparation so far. Um, but she's drawn barrier 16 and I don't love that. They'll probably roll forward. She might get there without doing too much work or she might have to work up the hill um, there at Caulfield and um, be not as strong in the finish. So they're the two and at the price, I'm happy to be with Revolutionary Miss. Yeah, I'm going for a win bet on her. Love the barrier. Also, Grace, what I like about Revolutionary Miss is blinkers on for the first time. So I think that'll sharpen her up as well. Absolutely. Um, interestingly, that they've, they've never applied blinkers in her races before um, but I suppose it's just another little tool up their sleeve that they're now applying to see her really hit some form this preparation and if she's winning this she'll be you know probably the favorite or one of the favorites for the thousand guineas at 1600 meters. So we're both with number two revolutionary miss in the thousand guineas prelude. Well, Grace, that's it for our race previews on Saturday. We do have a listener question for you today from Mm -hmm. Tim. And it's a very simple question. It is Zaki or Animo? That's not a simple question at all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, well, it's a great question because in Sydney this Saturday at Randwick, um, we see the clash of Zaki and Animo. Maybe because they've both accepted for the race, but we do know that Zaki might scratch and instead come down to Melbourne the following weekend for the Underwood Stakes. But if they were to go head-to-head this Saturday and if they were to be on a soft track, oh dear, I would probably be in the camp of Animo, I think. And the reason for that is while Zaki's been there, done that, and we know his level, which is world-class weight for age, group one level, uh, Animo is just so exciting. His win first up in the Wink Stakes was enormous and he's like the the cult that's now on the up. He's sort of the one that's ready to, to take on the big guys and he already did that first up, but he's got to keep doing it. I think he'd beat Zaki this Saturday if they clashed. It'd be such a good contest and, you know, how exciting is the Cox Plate going to be because we're going to see Zaki, Animo, I'm Thunderstruck, Mr. Brightside, like all these horses are absolutely firing at the moment and if they all continue to go well it's going to be a one of the great cox plate sort of battles which we've come to expect with that absolute outstanding weight for age contest well i think that's it for today grace we have looked at a few nice races on saturday picked who we are going to be backing and with what and with what bets uh, just a little reminder, we do have our race day meetup next week yep. at Mooney Valley Moyer Stakes Night. Really excited for that one, as we keep saying. We're really looking forward to it. Some really great races to be had, yeah. a group one, group threes, group twos. Um, yeah, really excited. All we have to pray for, Fee, is that we know the racing is going to be great, but we just have to pray that it's going to be a top of 20 degrees with no rain. <laughs> Because the valley is sometimes cursed with with their weather. But if it is a lovely evening, like the the front deck at the valley will be absolutely heaving. We'll be all there with our ladies who punt hats on and we'll be having a great time. And it'll be such a great chance to catch up with everyone again and watch some amazing racing. If you haven't RSVP'd yet, make sure you get your RSVPs into us just by DMing us on social media. If you decide to come last minute, I'm sure you will see us around. I will be wearing my pink cap. A few others might be too, so look out for us. Um, 
But yeah, it's going to be a great night. Yeah, absolutely, Fee. And don't forget to let us know on our social club who you are thinking is the winner of the races this Saturday at Caulfield. And thanks for tuning in for another episode of Ladies Who Punt.